Hello and welcome back to the Property Empress podcast. My name is Richard and with me as always is Anna Pierce. Good evening, Anna. Hi, Richard. Hello, everyone. So continuing on from last week's episode, we went in. So last week, if you didn't listen, I'm, I'm sure you did. But just in case you didn't, then we spoke about how to find how to find your dream tenant for your property. And one of the questions that came up at the end of that was about regulation and what you need to do as a landlord to um, make sure you've got everything covered. Um, but it's quite a big subject, as hey, as Anna told me. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we decided to move it into its own episode, and this week is that episode. So we're going to be talking lots of regulations, lots of official stuff that I probably don't understand, so I'm going to be learning with you all. So, Anna. Oh, interesting. What the hell are we talking about today? What the hell are What's we talking this? about? There's a lot of obligation, there's a lot of regulation that landlords have to do when they're renting out their property. So we're going to cover those. And they're quite sensible. There's a lot of logic, I find, behind them. And then, yeah, next week we'll talk about the steps of, you know, referencing ASTs, inventories, like that's not an obligation next week. So this week is what you have to do next week is like kind of, yeah, good practice for uh, moving tenants in. Um, so I think we worked out there's about 10 things that we're going to cover. So we'll try and make it as, <laughs> as entertaining as regulation can be. <laughs> but I did, like I said, I think it's fairly, I think it's fairly commonsensical. So hopefully it's not going to be, you know, too heavy. Well, the thing is, it's an important subject. And just because it's yeah. not, fun and exciting subject you know on the surface doesn't mean you don't need to know it exactly. so um can we make it fun and exciting do you think well there's, there's <laughs> 10 steps and i think i lost count on last week with five so um <laughs> yeah. so listeners if you want to count them for me then i'm gonna lose count by about four anyway so uh, let's see how we, how we get on okay um okay well i've split them into before like before you find the tenant, because I said last week, it's important to get the property regulated before you start marketing because it's a bit of an avalanche. Ah. Um, so the the five, I guess, oh, six actually, st uh, steps, <laughs> six things uh, as a landlord. And this is just for biceps, because if you're doing like HMA, for example, then, you know, there's the licensing that's different. We're just really focusing on the biceps. Mm -hmm. um, but the, like I said, they're fairly obvious. So the first one is the electrics. Um, so there's two things that you need to get done with the electrics. You have the what's called the EICR. It's the electrical installation. What's the C? Something report. Electrical installation Christmas. compliance report. Uh, that's probably makes more sense. Yeah, why not? Let's let's rename it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the EICR, and it's a relatively recent. Mm -hmm regulation that they bought in but basically what you're doing is you're checking the the wiring and the you know the electrics are good in the house kind of for an obvious reason if you have dodgy wiring you have a tenant that hurts himself then that's entirely on you so it's to make sure that you're keeping your tenant safe and you're keeping yourself safe from you know obviously wanting to you know or allowing someone to get hurt um so you need to get an um qualified electrician to come in and do it um and they basically do reports and hopefully say everything is fine but obviously if something's not fine they'll tell you what you need to do and you need to make any changes uh whenever we've done it it's, it's always been pretty much fine um and i'm feeling like i should be saying how much it costs i think it costs a few hundred pounds if i remember rightly i can't remember drew did the last so that's one. like a service you could, oh, yeah actually <laughs> he, he organized it didn't actually do that he organized yeah. it yeah but, so that is a service you can ask an electrician as a 
a booked service, you can say, can you come and do that for me? It's that they'll understand that. I'm sure it's yeah, a regular thing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And again, mybuilders.com. I always use mybuilders.com. It's such a great way. If you put in, uh, looking for an EICR for a three bedroom house or something, they'll know exactly what you're looking for. Um, so yeah, so that's part of the electrics is, is checking on the wiring. Then you have the PAT testing. So the PAT testing is testing the appliances. So the way that it's kind of described as if uh, you have basically anything with a plug. So if you have some kind of heater, for example, that has a plug, um, then that needs to be PAT tested. But also if you have like a washing machine that has a plug rather than like a integrated washing machine, that would need to be PAT tested. But if it's integrated, it doesn't. It's only something that comes with a, a plug. And is that an electrician who does that as well? Yeah. Is that separate? Yeah, they're not so keen on the PAT testing. <laughs> oh, really? Um, I think it's because it's like a little bit of a, like, I don't know. I say that just maybe it's just our electricians. They do it, but I think they're just not so key. I think it may be actually, if you got them to do the EICR and the PAT testing together, it would probably be okay. In fact, so I've, if, um, if only I knew an electrician. Yeah. Hello, yeah. hello, hello listener Steve, listener and friend yeah. Steve. Uh, if you're listening, uh, get in contact. We might have some work for you. <laughs> but the EICR needs to be done every five years. Um and then, oh, sorry, once you're, when you're getting the property rent out, you need to have an EICR or one that's, you know, uh, you need to get one done um, and they last for five years. So if you have a tenant move out after three years, for example, you don't have to get another one redone, but they, they expire after five years, basically. Um, and then the next one is the gas safety certificate, which again, same kind of thing, except you do the gas safety certificate annually rather than five yearly. Um, and again, you have a certified gas guy <laughs> Yeah, that's his title. <laughs> the official terminology for it. Um, and they come in and check it. And again, it's very straightforward. And we've got our gas guy's freaking amazing. And he has all of our tenants' contact details. And he just goes and does them and he invoices us and sends us the gas safeties each year. So it's fantastic. I'm, he's great. And he's been doing that for like the last, well, like 11 years. I really hope he has a shirt with that on. Cer <laughs> certified that gas guy. <laughs> that would be an amazing t shirt to be wearing doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what, num what um, number was that? I've already lost count. See. So that's technically Good. three. Yeah. So you have the EICR, the PAT test, and then the gas safety certificate. Good, three. Well done. Listeners, the numbers are important. Come on, listeners, how are you doing? Did you lose count there? <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, and then number four mm. is the EPC, which is the Energy Performance Certificate. So the reason, and again, I like, I'm such a regulation nerd. I like all this regulation <laughs> because I just think it makes sense. The EPC basically shows how energy efficient the property is. So if you have a rating A, for example, then you're uber duper energy sufficient, uh, energy efficient, not sufficient. And you're like probably got solar panels and like, you know, amazing like boiler that costs like nothing to run and things like that. <laughs> um, so the tenant will know that it's not going to cost very much for the bills. Whereas if you have like a G rating, then it's like a share. Well, especially <laughs> for now not. and with the energy cost yeah, at the minute, that's it. it's actually becoming more that's and more important. That's very true. Yeah. yeah, that's really true. So the EPC just gives the tenants an idea of uh, how much their bills are going to be and there's a whole new thing going on with the epc yeah um with like so have we touched on this maybe we should do an episode on have we have talked about epc uh don't not specifically in an episode maybe we've, we've we talk, mentioned it yeah i'm wondering oh no we have yeah we i do remember we have touched on it actually yeah uh, but it is something that's kind of coming in so it will be at some point where all rentals have to be yes. c or above 
So you just have to kind of the next few years as landlords getting their properties up to par, basically. But yeah, so you have to have the EPC. Same thing with the EPC. You have to have one before you can rent it out. And they last for about 10 years. Well, they don't last for about 10 years. They last for 10 years. Who does that? Uh, again, my EPC guy. You can <laughs> EPC guy, yeah. But it is. It's a qualified EPC guy. Don't laugh. It's okay. true. <laughs> uh, but you can Google it. Find one in your local area. It doesn't cost very much. It normally costs like 40 or 50 quid. Okay. Um, depending on the area, um, probably slightly more so down in the south than in Northampton, but yeah. I think we normally pay about 40, 50 quid. Um, and then, so what was that one? You've got me lost ah. in the numbers now. One, two, three, four. Five-ish. And then the fifth oh, okay. one, five-ish, yeah. is the smoke alarm and carbon monoxide detector. So yes. you have to make sure that you have working. And they're, they're very specific about where you have to put them and things like that. Um, but yeah, you just have to make sure that it's there again for obvious reasons, just keep your tenants safe. Um, and what we like to do is when we do the inspections, we just check that they're all working, just go and beat the button, um, as you're looking rounds. Uh, but certainly when you're moving tenants in, you need to make sure that they're working. Yeah. So again, I, when we do the, when we're getting people in doing the inventory, I like to just press the button just to show that they're working. Right. Um, Okay. And then the only uh, the only other one that's kind of pre-moving a tenant in is, um, and this is only really for furnished properties, but there's the fire safety standards. So if you have a furnished property like the sofa, um, not, you know when you pull up the cushions and you have like the, the kind of piece, not piece of paper, you have the information, like the flap of pe- information. Yeah, the, you-, <laughs> the, you mean... Yeah, the, 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 the terminology is horrible. The flap of information <laughs> thingy. <Yeah. laughs> I know what I mean. Good. Well, yes. like the safety, yeah. the tag that everyone rips thingy. off and throws it away normally. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I... But there, it's basically that normally has all the information about like because it has to be like fire retardant and things like that. So I mean, not very many buy to lets are furnished, but if you have for whatever reason a furnished property, then just make sure that you're in. I'm, I mean, almost certainly all all furniture now is meets the the safety standards. Um, but it's just if you get like a secondhand really 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 old sofa, for example, then you just need to be a bit mindful. Of course, yeah. Um, I don't know the regulation that well because all of our properties are unfurnished. Okay. Um. But yeah, oh. if you're if you're furnishing, then have a little look at the regulation. It's slightly off subject, but but not. Do you have to provide a fire extinguisher for rentals? No, you don't. With the HMOs, you do, but not with a bicelet. Okay. You could do. It's one of those things that if if you think it's important, you could do, right. or or a fire blanket or something. Because this is just the minimum. Because you can absolutely go above and beyond. Yeah. Um. Because one of the things that we do, I mean, it's not really, because this is all very safety orientated. So a fire extinguisher would be absolutely, you know, it's a good example of what you could offer extra if you just want to be extra cautious. Um, but one of the things that we do is we do like a welcome pack and it includes all the like useful information, like when the bin days are, we we send them um, all the manuals. Like, because if we do, we often have like the fridge, the um, like washing machine, things like that, like white goods. So we will send them, we'll include all the manuals just so that they don't have to worry yeah. about finding them themselves. If they're, like one of the properties got... Um, uh, a burglar alarm so we'll again put the manual in put the like uh the code in and just anything that's specific to the property that's really useful and then it's just there and we also email it to them as well so they've got an electronic copy nice. um but that's i mean that's not really a safety thing but like you can go above and beyond the the minimum okay 
so that's kind of all the like i said before that's all the stuff i'd get done before you start marketing right. um and then once you've marketed the property you found the tenant fantastic you're moving them in then there's certain things you have to do as part of the tenancy um so the first one is the right to rents uh, so basically you have to check that they are legally allowed to be here and renting a property and not just them, anyone who's living in the house. So if you are renting to one person and you know their part, we've had something similar recently where the, the husband was working, the wife wasn't, she was like in like higher education. So she doesn't kind of, she's not contributing towards the rent. So he was, um, the tenancy was with him and she was a named person that was going to be living in the property basically. Um, and uh, we still have to do the right to rent for them. And even if they have sort, I mean, they obviously wouldn't because they would have to be listed on the tenancy, but even if there's someone staying there, like you have to make sure everyone goes through the right to rent. So the way that you do that, again, go online because um, like the, the government provide loads of like uh, guides on how to do this. But broadly speaking, what you need to do is if they, if they don't have, because when you do the, um, you get identification from them when you, you have a new tenants, you ask to see their passport. So if they don't have a passport, I mean, it's obviously changed with Brexit, um, but if they don't have a UK passport, um, then you have to basically get confirmation that they are allowed to be here. So we had a chap that moved into one of the properties that he sent us his passport and he sent his, his, us his visa. We didn't even ask for it. So it can either be a visa showing that they're allowed to be here and it'll normally say the date that they're at, like if it's a like, you know, temporary visa, it'll be like, they'll last be here for the next two years and there'll be the date on it. Um, but yeah, either it's a passport that they are legitimately allowed to be here or they need to send you the visa to show that they can be here. Right. Um, we did have, and this is something new that I learned recently, um, because one of the tenants that we moved in, it wasn't one of our houses actually, we were, we're finding a tenant for someone else, um, but they didn't have their visa because they'd sent it off to be renewed and because of lockdown it was taking a long time mm -hmm. um, and actually there's a service you can do online if the visa is in the middle of being renewed so they don't have anything to show you you can actually do the visa checks it was really super quick and super simple nice. took like two days for it to come back as confirms that she was allowed to be here so yeah okay but it's unlikely you'll have that but i just thought it was interesting yeah yeah no it's good to know because it, it <laughs> just in case it puts one person off no yeah. no no you don't need to don't need to worry yeah and you need to see the originals as well. That was the other thing. Like when what we tend to do is we will, if we say we've met the tenant and we've offered them the property and we say, can you send us copies of yada yada, including your, you know, passport and your visa, we will say to them on the day of moving in, then we will need to see the originals as well. Because you need to see the originals. You can't see a copy. But certainly for the first check, we're like, send us the yeah. copy, but we'll need to see it. And then obviously they don't let you see, if they don't, for whatever reason that you see the visa, don't let them sign the contract. Yeah, of course. Um, but it's unlikely, you know. And it is really unlikely that people are gonna, like as soon as you talk about rights to rents, you know, it's unlikely if someone shouldn't, it, you know, shouldn't be here that they're gonna try and, you know, convince you otherwise. Because you're a professional um, landlord. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and then the next one is the deposits. So um, when a tenant pays a deposit, they can pay up to five weeks rent for a buy to let. So uh, I won't do the math actually, it's too late. But basically you can ask for up to five weeks uh, rent uh, as the deposit. Right. Um, and then when you get the deposit, there's deposit protection scheme. So I think there's three. I don't think there's any more than three. There's always been three. And again, this is relatively relatively new i think this was bought in just after we started 
Um, and again, with a really good reason, I think it's a great idea because traditionally what would often happen is you'd give the landlord the deposit, you'd stay there for two years, and then when it came to moving out, the landlord would have spent the deposit. And then they would be like, oh, you've created all this damage and there's no there's no like mediation. Yeah. Like the tenant just has to suck it I up. I remember this. So I think the deposit schemes are fantastic. Idea. I do as well. I remember this renting and just dreading thinking, oh no, you know, because you know it was a, just turned into like a battle, didn't it? Between yeah. who could prove that one way or the other who was right and when they hold your money already how do you how do you make someone give you money can you yeah so i agree exactly it's a very good idea exactly um and the thing and also with the deposit scheme they will naturally err on the side of the tenants because the tenant is the one that kind of has is well it, sh it doesn't like the landlord should be educated the tenant doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be so they will always are on the side of the tenants again as i think it should be um so if you don't put your deposit into the deposit protection scheme as a landlord and the tenant or somehow the you know someone finds out the tenant can actually report you and you can get fines uh up to four times the deposit so if the deposit was a thousand pounds you took it on the tenant you didn't put it into deposit deposit protection scheme then you can be charged four thousand pounds so that four thousand pounds goes to the tenant i love that <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, great that's proper yeah i just think that's such poetic yeah justice. yeah i do yeah so yeah um and actually, I will just say, like, the, there's not much between the deposit schemes. They're all kind of regulated, like, I think, I don't know if they're government bodies, but they're kind of regulated by the government, I think. Um, I I think I think we use the tenant deposit scheme, but I can't remember. I don't think there's much between it, like, to be honest. Um, and you don't pay as well. I don't know if that's worth mentioning. It's just something that's provided as a service and it, because it's regulation as well. Okay. And then once you've deposited it with one of the deposit protection schemes, you get what's called the prescribed information. And that you that's one of the things that you have to do. You have to give the prescribed information to the tenant. And it's basically just like a form. It's a very simple form. It just tells them where the deposit is, basically, so they, they can kind of track it. And then, so that, I think, hang on. So one, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So the deposit scheme was eight. The pre prescribed information was nine. And then the final thing, and again, I think this is brilliant, is the how to rent guys. So this is literally kind of does what it says on the tin. Uh, the government have created a how to rent guide that you can download from the government websites and you have to give the co give a copy to your tenant. Oh. And you literally say, this is, you know, as a landlord, what I'm expected to do. And so they can literally read the guide. And if you haven't done the deposit protection scheme or if you haven't done right to rent right. or you know, anything like that, they have the the information. So that will tell so them it's brilliant. that will tell them everything that you should have done. Exactly. And where they need to go to check if it has been done, basically. So that's a Yeah. Oh good. That's exactly. very cool. I love it. It's clarity, getting everything out in the open, helping to empower tenants and power landlords. There's also a how to let guide for landlords as well. So you can and I, I think it's probably worth us putting a link in the show notes if that's okay, Richard. No problems. Um and it will give you all a breakdown of everything that we've talked about today and what you need to do. Brilliant. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. That was That's it in a nutshell. That was ten. That was 10, I, I, was, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I quite, there's a lot, like there is a lot. 
And that's just the regulation. That's not even talking about the tenants, like the AST, the tenancy agreement, the inventory, you know, that kind of thing, the checks and stuff. So there is a lot to do, like when you do um, move a tenant in. Um, so what we tend to do, particularly the regulation, which is so, so important, all the stuff we talked about today, when we have a tenant move in, I will email them with everything, you know, because if you've give, if you've handed them a how to rent guide, you don't necessarily have a record of that. So me just being the like from a professional background that I was part of, I like to send them an email like saying here's as you know here's the electronic copy of the house to rent you know just saying thank you for like giving you know bringing your originals for the how to rent you know checks I'll literally list it in an email just so that I've got an electronic copy showing almost for myself making sure I've met everything that I haven't missed anything but also then you've got um, a paper trail showing that you've done all the regulation yeah. as you should do is so is this um what a letting agent would be doing if you used an agency would that yeah. Yeah, it would okay and are there services available you, you could again i'm lazy i'm looking for quick i'm looking for easy ways around stuff is there do people offer these services as a service where where almost like a like a you know one you pay someone a set figure and say right i need you to do all the regulation for me here's the set set you know amount of money i don't want you to manage the property i don't want to do let an agent i just want somebody to just do all this stuff for me and i'll pay you 200 quid thank you very much i think you just got a nice little business idea there which is not as far as i know i think the letting agent would be the ones that do it because uh, they're quite you know because it's it's they're quite a varied array of tasks yeah. you know checking the tenants you know, doing stuff with the deposit, making sure the house is safe. Like, it's quite an array of things. So I don't think so. Not, that, not as far as I'm aware. Because you don't have to be qualified to do it because you can do this all yourself, can't you? So it's not like it's yeah. a qualification. You need to have, you need to use a letter agency because they have the qualifications. Mm. Um, but it just doesn't seem it, a middle ground, like having to do no, all this yourself and then yeah. going to a letting agency, which you don't want to do because obviously you're finding the tenant yourself. So yeah. you kind of want a half halfway between. Yeah, no, I do, I do hear you. I think it's a good idea. Not as far as I know. There might be companies, I just don't mm, know. Interesting. But the, you can, one thing I would definitely recommend, and I know, I think I've said this a few times, if you're think, you know, even if you're thinking about being a landlord, join the National Residential Landlord Association. It's £75 a year and they have like, you know, guides on all of this stuff. Yeah. In fact, it's actually probably for this stuff specifically, I would go on the government how to let's uh, hand, like booklet because it will break everything down. But certainly between the How to Let booklet and the National Residential Landlord Association, you won't, you know, it was very comprehensive. You won't miss anything. Okay. But I don't, as far as I know, there's not someone that does that service, but it does sound like a good idea. If you're listening. And again, I think maybe it's just the let, because you do have got the, um, you have a tenant fine service with letting agents, which I guess is the closest thing. Okay. Because with a letting agent, you can either have it where they manage the property, so they find the tenants, they look after them, or they can just find the tenants, put them in for you, and then you manage them. Yeah. So it'd be a tenant find. But yeah, you, build, you almost want the, the next service is the other side, isn't it? So you find the tenant and we'll do the paperwork. Yeah. So that's, uh... If you're listening and you have a business that does this, then please let us know. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not that I'm looking to get out of work already. I'm just uh, yeah. thinking about my options, that's all. <laughs> yeah. 
But I quite like this. I, I mean, I, I'm from a very heavily, like I was a pensions actuary, which is very much about regulation and processes and things like mm. that. And it's very professional. So this really appeals to me. All this side of things appeal to me. But I can, I can totally understand that this might just feel like a lot of hard work. Um, so yeah, if it does fit, I mean, it's not, I mean, a lot of it is just, you know, pass them a how to like download a how to rent guide and give it to the tenant. Yeah. Like a lot of it is very, very straightforward. Um, I would say the right to rent is probably like the trickiest in terms of like, I mean, it's not, but I think about everything. It's the thing that you have to kind of ask them you know, can I see your um, Make sure you get in passport? The, yeah. Then working out, well, are you allowed to be here? But again, there's lots of guidance online. Yeah. Uh, but most of it's pretty straightforward. Um, but that's when I think if it is, if it doesn't feel, you know, I'm not against using letting agents. I just think that I, if it just it isn't right for us. But if if this feels like too much or you're worried about it, then maybe it is what I think about a letting agent. Um, but obviously the thing with using a letting agent is the screening is very minimal yeah um the other big thing that i'm realizing because we rent we we choose to rent i like the freedom of renting mm -hmm. i'm weird i'm i just like <laughs> apparently we move every two or three years so it's much easier if you're renting um we actually met our landlord the other day oh all right and uh she was ever so swish really really lovely lady uh one of the things she said was that because our shower stopped working and they sent someone around uh, to have a look at it. In fact, they, they got someone to contact us. We tried a few different things that they had said, couldn't get it working. They came around, couldn't get it working. So Drew went and did some extra stuff and he got it working. And um, she said that when it went between them coming over and going, we can't get it to work, they charged, they quoted her two and a half thousand pounds to have the shower replaced. And Drew went and like, tinkered with some stuff and managed to get it working what? so she was relieved that we managed to do it but we were i had no idea that they were trying to charge us two and a half grand but we had this in the previous house as well like in the, our previous rental because we moved about six months ago where the bath like there was this i won't go into it there's this issue with this bath but it wasn't a problem like it still works but it's just it would flake and then we just wanted to let the letting agent yeah. know because we just didn't want them to blame you, you know, we said it's not a problem for us <laughs> yeah. like you know but they sent someone around to quote and they said they couldn't get the bath out without because of the way the bathroom was they would have to take the sink out to get the bath oh out my so again it was this like thousands of pounds job and we were going well we don't we don't want it like we're not that bothered like don't you don't just change it but they were trying to charge the landlords all this money and that's the thing i think that with the letting agents i i hear that quite a lot not all letting agents granted i'm sure there will be some that are very sensible but that's two different letting agencies both times i'm like they don't need to be spending this money they're trying to charge the landlord it's crazy so i'm still i mean i'm not against i'm not against letting agents on this sometimes i sound like it but i just think understands what the difference is with a letting agent you are going to get they are going to know all of this regulation you're not going to have to worry about it. they do it every day of the mm -hmm. week it's going to be super simple for them but there's not as much screening as if you follow the process we talked about last week um and potentially it is going to be more expensive because they're just not as sensible with money well the thing is it's just their job it needs fixing we've got a solution it costs this much there you go it's just well, they don't have the thing is they don't have the time because if you think about it, like most letting agents get charged about 10%. So say the rent is a thousand. I mean, we, we live in the South, so rent's going to be like a thousand, maybe 1500 pounds, depending on where you live and what kind of property. But that's like a hundred pounds a month. 
that they're getting. Yeah. So they're, they're yeah. it's not in their it's not um it doesn't lend itself to them spending a lot of time making sure is this the most cost effective best way of doing things it's like we just need to get so that we just need to get it working like the shower we just need to get it working as quickly as possible plumber can't work it out so therefore we'll just replace it like i don't even know what the conversation was it just doesn't make sense for them to spend time on it because they're getting paid 100 pounds a month yeah. <laughs> and i know the idea is that most months they don't get paid very much so they should spend the time on it when that one thing happens but it just it doesn't really work no, doesn't. like that in, in reality anyway that's a bit got <laughs> gone off on a bit of a tangent <laughs> um okay so but, um, so next yeah. week what, what did you want to cover next week so if that was all the regulation and what you need to have done next week yeah. is what exactly it's gonna be like the process it's gonna we kind of we well they kind of go together it's going to be when you found the tenant you've obviously you've done all the the first regulatory stuff you found found, gone through the process from last week of how to find your dream tenant then it's going from the holding deposit so when you say we'd like to offer you the property they'll give the holding deposit and i'm going to go through the process about the the references and the checks up to the point of then the tenant moving in and then i'll also talk about like the the basically the tenancy agreement the inventory uh and things like that so it's it's more the kind of contractual side of things and the check side of things i guess okay okay and that'll be next that'll be next monday at eight o'clock yeah. as always yeah uh, 8 a.m i should say uh, unless i have a really busy weekend then it might be 8 p.m but uh, it should be 8 a.m <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Um, and where can people get hold of you or ask a question for the podcast? Where's the best place to go, Anna? Uh, probably the website, so propertyimpress.com. There's a contact form there. Um, probably that's the best place, to be honest. My socials have gone a bit crazy recently, which has been fantastic. So thank you so much if you're following me on social media. Um, but I am really shockingly bad at replying to everyone because I've just been inundated with messages. So probably the way, actually, to be honest, if it's a question for the podcast, probably <laughs> message you, Richard. Message me, yeah. <laughs> but I think probably the contact form through the website would be the best place. Mm-hmm. You can message me through uh, probably Instagram dire- direct. But to be honest, if you want a reply, <laughs> then maybe message Richard. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to contact me, if it is podcast related or anything you want to you want us to discuss, then please message me as Pretty Much Property on Instagram, on Twitter. The links will be in the show notes. You can find me, <laughs> and the links will be in there somewhere. Uh, you can target me. It's okay. Let's take some of the burden off of Anna because she gets so oh. many messages. Oh my god! I do. I love them. I don't. I'm not complaining at all. I love the messages. I love having that really beautiful yeah. relationship with people who follow me. It's just yeah. At the moment, I'm struggling a little bit. Uh, and I feel bad. I don't. If people take the time to message me, I hate the fact that I can't get back to them properly. But it just is what it is. And I do try. I will. I will get back to people eventually. It just might be a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you are enjoying the podcast and you'd like to leave a little review or a rating, you can do so on Spotify now, which is very fancy, and on <laughs> Apple Podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, and the other ones. I, I don't know. Google, can you do them on Google? I don't know. I have no idea. If you can leave a rating somewhere Probably. on anything, then it'd be much appreciated. And thank you for everybody who has done so already. Yeah, thank you. That brings us to the end of this week's show. Yeah. And we will join you again next week. Thank you very much. See you next week. Thank you so much. Thanks, Richard. Bye.